Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Um, we are back, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's good to be here. We're joined by Hang today, which is going to be fun. Hang's our Sabres writer, and we're going to get into some Sabres talk. We're sorry we brought you on Hang in a five-game losing streak, but that's okay. <laughs> Still a good day to talk Sabres. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's expected, Ak. <laughs> Yeah, definitely the losses. I don't know about five in a row. They gotta, they gotta do better than that. It's not eighteen though. Last year it was eighteen in a row. So hopefully we don't get to that. Five one and one. The sky was oh, sorry. Day, everything was beautiful. Like yeah. and it was probably yeah. bring bring you on when Mike's not here too. But that's okay. <laughs> um, Mike's on such a anyway. Um, we're gonna uh, so so th- th- I I was. A friend of mine, you know, I have lots of internet friends, you know, people that work on different apps and things like that. And um, I'm going to do a little pre-show thought today because I was just just made aware of this. He, he developed this thing called What Three Words. Has anybody heard about this yet? No. So no. What Three Words, okay? Um, I'm going to bring up the website for you guys and check it. The, 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 and the I, can think, I can think of three words. <laughs> I, I know. There you go. So the weird thing about this is – I don't know what to make of this. Like, I don't know if this is this is awful or terrible or the end of the world or something strange. Like, you know, I, I don't know this person very well. I'm not trying to sell his sell his product. That's a free thing. I'm not trying to. This is not like me saying, "Hey, you know." It is supposed. It's it's the best way to track something, apparently, in the world. And the concept is this. Um, it says it's street addresses. Don't. Uh, okay, I'm going to share this. This is like I share this. This is this is just, this is crazy. You guys are going to love this. All right. So here we go. Let me just. Are we it. sure we want to bring this up? Yes, we do. Because this is this is this this is something that if it's big, you're going to say you heard it here first. Otherwise, you're going to be like, "This is really weird." All right. So it talks about street addresses don't present point to precise locations, right? And uh, what three words has given every three meter square on the planet three distinctive words? <laughs> second. So, uh, like, I, okay. How about it's what? very small? I can't even read that. Okay, yeah, no, but I'm just saying the concept is. Yeah. Here's the concept. Every every place that there is, like where you are right now, where you're sitting, where your house is, where where anything is, in the middle of the ocean, whatever. Every ten foot by ten foot square has been given a three word destination. So I could tell you where I am. I could say like box trumpet horse. You can type that in, and you would know exactly where I am, as opposed to like a GPS location or a. Nah, I disagree. Yeah. There's no way okay. people would. No. If I give I, you three things for where I live, there's no way people would know. No way. No, you. It would have to be widely accepted, obviously. Okay. Um, okay. And then you know, and and that is like to me, like like you'd have to get in on ways and all sorts of things, right? There has to be things that have to happen. And I also said, you know, to him, I'm like, okay, then be, I get that. Okay. You should be selling like this, like I can like my house, I can make my house. Hockey world heaven or whatever you know. Pick up three words. That would be something. This 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 sounds like this sounds like the star. This sounds like the star registry. It's like okay, I can name the name some star in the uh, in in a certain quadrant, the Agello star. I mean, I mean right. come, what the fuck? Right. Like uh, like that's that's there, there's my three there's my three words. What that? These people. Wait, hold on. Eck, did these people used to own Squarespace? Because they don't seem to be around anymore either. <laughs> no. So I'm gonna put in Madison Square Garden. Okay, just for a second. Just like okay. <laughs> I just put it in Madison Square Garden, and uh, you, know, you put in that, and it comes. It brings up Madison Square Garden right here. There it is. And now, like, if you click on that, like, you you find you, now you have to go. You can go within like a ten foot area of Madison Square Garden. So it's not just Madison Square Garden. But so what I'm clicking on these like Puppy Dimes intro, <laughs> three words Puppy Dimes intro, um, and that gets you to Madison Square Garden at, at, at within a ten foot range. So if you're trying to meet somebody in New York City or whatever. Is there a benefit to that? You know what I mean? Like, so like you're trying to meet someone. Yeah, oh, so it's more specific than an address. Corner. That's the thing. Right? Good, Hank. Hank, what do you think? Yeah, so it's more specific than an address, basically. Right, it's more specific than an address. And it's yeah. just randomly generated titles, yeah. right? Okay. Randomly generated three words. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to a park and if you're meeting someone at a park, it's easier to say, oh, you know, yeah. you're at this quadrant than. Or how about the beach? Yeah, like, at a park. Where, where, yeah. where, 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 where you guys are going to know. 
like like I, I we have a beach place and we often tell people try to tell people where we're on the beach so what we do on the beach is we actually have a flag that we set up we have a tent we have a gazebo we set up and a big smiley face yellow flag that we hang all the time and we say just look for the yellow flag and that's where people find us on the beach i can see it working for like bill's tailgates that would be a good function there you go yeah. right a tailgate you kind know. of i mean it's interesting to me like it's like it is i'm not sure what to make of it but it is unique in some ways like it is interesting like if i was to tell you like so and so street philadelphia pennsylvania one nine whatever you know whatever um that's a lot more complicated than saying hippo cow country yeah but i could just share you my, my gps coordinate and i don't have to say a word you right. know exactly how to find me right if you're sharing if you shared if you shared your gps coordinate right but that's but gps coordinates are kind of complicated i mean if someone was to just if someone know, under, like if I was dealing with my exactly in, but okay. with my with my in-laws and I share I've shared locations with my in-laws and they're like what the hell is this you know like they click on the thing you know and they're like oh what's going on but if I was to say come to Tiger Space you know puck and that's just I don't know I'm not sure I'm not sure that it's not awesome and it's like so it's right between like I'm right between those two things part of me saying this is incredible and part of me saying this is terrible I, I side with terrible. Well, I knew you would, Mike. I mean, that's not that. <laughs> I would have put bet my house on that. I'm I'm just siding with. I think there are better ways. I'm not saying it's terrible. Okay. What do you think, Hank? Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I think is comparable is dropping a pin, like you said. So I, you know. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's better. If I do that. It's like you know, use your phone. That, that, that does get you there for sure. Um, but you know, if you were to. You know, and, and obviously you wouldn't like I could share my exactly three three things here and you could find my house, you could find where I am, you could find where I'm what <laughs> it really does like get down to it. Like I don't know. Anyway, let's move on to hockey, but I thought it was something please. My dogs are losing their minds, so hopefully there'll be something's happening outside. Last night I think my dog was sprayed by a skunk and it's freaking out. So oh, oh no. I think it was like it was it stunk, but not a lot. I think it was almost sprayed by a skunk. Anyway, here we go. Um Hello, Hockey World. It's Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. I'm Michael Agello, and X Backyard is dogs sprayed <laughs> by skunks. There you go. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology, and I'm telling you, nobody would know if I gave you three words. Nobody. <laughs> I'm Max, and you're watching Hockey, and you're watching hockey Buzz guys on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And... From now on, Hank, you will be introduced right after Russ in the intro. But we didn't give you that. You just, um, you know. But now you're still, you're still get one more time as a special guest. So you're a special guest today. This is Hank, Hank Balling, our uh, Sabres writer for Hockey Buzz. How are you doing, Hank? I'm great. It's great to be here. Can't wait to talk awesome, to you. Awesome, awesome. awesome. Could you um, adjust your mic? I think your mic. Check your microphone input because I think your um, like what mic input you're giving us because it's a little bit. It's been. It's a little bit quiet. It's ambient. I think you're maybe giving us like yeah i was struggling with that before that's is that better. is that better that's, that's better, better yes that's better okay yes. well if i'm coming on in the future i'm gonna i might have to invest in a mic this doesn't yeah, seem like a little, little usb mic they're pretty cool um yeah. or headphones or headphones. or headphones yeah yeah either way all right perfect all right so we're going to talk we're going to start with talking about the savers and um because and i think we have and because we have hank here i really wanted to get hank on last week and we kind of messed up our timing on this on the, after the eiffel trade we changed our show to one to three and, and that kind of messed up everything. So, um, but I wanted to get the actual trades because Hank, like, you know, you, you're, you're the guy, you're the guy. What are your thoughts on this? Overall, I think they did pretty, pretty well. I mean, it's with the injury, especially, you know, if you took, if, if you took a healthy Eichel and this is a return, you're probably not happy with it, but you know, considering the position that they were in, I think overall pretty good. I mean, I, I, I mean, the big thing, I guess the big question to me is this, like everything is being compared to the O'Reilly trade, right? Like the, the mm -hmm. trade that, and, and is, is this okay after that? Like, you know, it's weird that they're kind yeah. of have to be compared to each other, but they do for some reason. Well, there, there's, there's two major differences as yeah. I see it in that. First of all, they didn't take back Patrick Berglund or Vladimir Sabatka. You know, you, you didn't get the, the pure cap dump player. You got a good player in Alex Tuck, who, you know, there's a big difference there. And they also got the best prospect that Vegas had. They got Peyton Krebs, you know, Tage Thompson, which maybe we'll get to him later because the yeah. transition to center has been fascinating for Tage Thompson. But right. at the time, he wasn't the best the best prospect in the system. Well, so I, I think on those two fronts, they, they did well. You get the pick, yeah. you know. 
Well, there, there, there's, a, there's another major difference here, Hank. There wasn't a signing bonus that the Pagulas could bail out on, on and, and get less in the deal. Well, that was that was coming next next off season. So right. and that was that was coming down the pike with the. Uh, but no but what, yeah, right. what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is is that the the Ryan O'Reilly deal was mitigated by the fact that the Pagulas did not want to pay the eight million dollar signing bonus and they took less. If they would have paid that signing bonus, they probably would have gotten a Jordan Cairo or Robert Thomas in that deal. But instead, mm -hmm. they they said we don't want to pay it. Yeah, this yeah. guy doesn't want to be here. So instead, they get Berglund, Sabotka, and Tage Thompson, who was their third or fourth. Yeah, best prospect. And that's why this organization is in the state that they're in right now, because I don't think that sometimes they do the things that teams do to win. Yeah. You know, and to tie this Eichel trade back to that, I think one of the things they learned was, you know, Ryan O'Reilly came out and gave his lost his love of the game speech. And, you know, after that, it was they got to get him out of here as soon as possible. Yeah. And, you know, when, when Eichel had his press conference, I think people were assuming you know, he's coming out. He's basically saying, I want to get traded without saying I want to get traded. But the Sabres, right. you know, right. didn't view that as, you know, we got to move them now. Because I think for six months, everyone was assuming that the Sabres weren't willing to go into the season with Eichel. And they did because yeah. they weren't getting the offers that they wanted. So I think they did learn something from that. Um, you know, Kevin Adams has been with the organization for 10 years. So he's seen all of this. He knows all this. So, you know, well, I think that right. was good. Right. Hey, this 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 is this is the thing that, and Ak and I have argued about this a little bit, a little. Um, because I picked the the Sabers to finish dead last in the Atlantic because, and and, and okay, there there are things to be accomplished. I had them thirtieth in the league, just by the way, <laughs> just so that we're in, we all know where I stand. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I, 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 I was awfully optimistic. I had him yes. But then, yeah. Yeah. But, we, but we we expect the sunny optimism from Mac, you know, to to counterbalance my bitterness. Yeah. Um. But 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 he but here here's the thing, there are things to be accomplished, and Don Granado did accomplish some things at the end of the season, and I think he'll accomplish things this year. The development of 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 Rasmus Dahlin, Yoki Haru, the young you know young defenseman uh, of Cousins and Middlestad, although Middlestad has been out since the opener. You know the young players that they have. That is the what what is to be accomplished. But if you look objectively at this roster, it's a bunch of hole pluggers. It's a bunch of guys who are just thankful to be in the NHL, like Vinny Hinestroza and Drake Kajula and John Hayden. They're not meant to win. Any team that puts Aaron Dell, Craig Anderson, and just Dustin Tukarski in net is not intent on winning. They're intent on surviving the season. It's, it's, it's interesting too. A lot of those players that you named, this goes back to a little bit of a shift in the Sabres organization too. If you look at players like Pizik and and Kajula and Henestroza, the, the underlying numbers, the analytics are solid on these guys for depth players. So I think they went out, you know, they knew they were going to be a floor team, but they tried to, you know, bring in guys that, can at least, you know, move the puck a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, with and keeping in mind too that you're not going to get any free agents to come here. The, right. the situation with Eichel is a mess. So right. you you got to make do with those kind of players. Right. But I honestly think some of those guys have been, you know, pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, Pizik, I, I like personally, but yeah. you know. Yeah. The only yeah. thing I would say about that is there's always guys that you could get that are down or no luck that could possibly score. And the guys that you mentioned are all good mucker and grinders that just get mm -hmm. some points. But the Sabres were already loaded with those players. To me, oh, it's, again, yeah, they like gonna, yeah. They yeah, they, they're not they weren't gonna be great this year. I get it. But they probably could have searched for some better bargains for guys that were looking to maybe have a good year on a contract year that could possibly get him some points. I, I thought they would. I thought they would be in on Felino, uh, Nick Felino. You know, he's born in Buffalo. Thought yeah. maybe I mean, Alex Chase on. Nobody wanted the guy. He always scored goals. Yeah. And, and like as, far as, the, as far as the goaltending too, you know, they they tried to sign Olmark. They liked Olmark. They gave him a, an offer, but you know, he didn't want to be part of the. Part of the losing anymore. Which, I don't know if it was that they didn't give him the best offer. They didn't give him the best. I, offer. I what I heard is that they they matched Boston's offer. That's what yeah. I heard. Yeah, and um, and and he he wanted he wanted the Markstrom deal. He wanted six six mil to stay in. Yeah, Boston. 
So that yeah, I mean I don't I don't blame them on that, but what I do blame them on, and you know, I mean, I think okay, Kevin Adams did a better job in the Eichel deal than Bottrell did on on the O'Reilly deal. I I'll give a, I'll give him credit for that. But you have to go into free agency with a plan B, and they didn't have a plan B if Allmark signed someplace else. They ended up scrambling and signing a forty-one-year-old Craig Anderson. Whoa, 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 hold on. I mean, for a second, like you gotta have you gotta have some perspective here as to what they are. Like you know, it it, it teams you know teams like Toronto, you know, and Philly right now need plan Bs and plan Cs. Like Buffalo needs needs to put a team together that has like. Like whenever I talk to to, to Don Granado about this, I'm, I mean, like things are going well, and he's like, "Yeah, we're getting close to that identity." He's it's all about identity to him. Like that's what he says. Well, but one more thing on the goalie too. Yeah, I think yeah. after after Omar left, I think they were fine. They wanted they wanted Anderson to mentor Luka Pekalukinen. Yeah, that's what I think they they hope to have happen. You right. have a, a grizzled vet. You have a young guy. But yeah. in the preseason, Lukanen was just not good. And it, it right. clearly became apparent. You okay, know, and that's where they signed Dell. I, I thought that Tukarski would beat out Dell, and he my, did. But, yeah. I mean, neither one, you know, whatever. My, my argument against that, Hank, would be, why in the world would you think Pekka Lukanen would be ready for this year? He so again, this is just much. kind of a this is kind of a rumor thing, but there's always been. Oh, I get it. I'm not saying you. That, I'm well, no, that, that or, organizationally that there's been a mandate from ownership to get them into games sooner rather than later. Well, okay, so Kevin so Adams it, has to step in and say, "Listen, right. not ready right. is not ready." Right, and and, and and maybe you know, maybe and Russ, maybe he did because he's playing in Rochester now instead of playing with the Sabers. If he's playing with the Sabers and you throw him to the Lions, then uh, you. Blown and asked that, and that would be just yeah. absolutely stupid. So you know, me, you know, I, Hank. My theory is is that you know they have Quinn, and who's leading the Amherst in scoring. Paterka too. Yeah, he's playing yeah. really well. Paterka, uh, uh, Krebs now, and Lukanen. I will bet you around the trade deadline, all of them are up to at least get a look at the NHL. They're not ready. And this team, this team is finishing in 31st or 32nd. So why blow it? Why rush? I think, I think Paterka honestly could have played in the NHL and would have been totally fine. Everything I watched from him, he is, he looks like an NHL player. If you watch him, he, he, can, do, exactly. he can do everything. He's got the, he he's got an NHL body too. He's like 200 yeah, pounds. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he, he's he does, ready. but he's still not great in his own end. And I think that's yeah. where he needs he, a little he's bit definitely, of extra. Yeah, he tries to dance through people and do all that. While we're on the subject, I, yeah. I honestly think that Dylan Cousins should should go to Rochester. He's he's struggling. Well, you know, why is this? This is the one thing I don't understand what Granado's what, what Granado's doing, and maybe it's because Middlestat is injured, so he's got to sort of patch things together. But yeah. how are you accentuating the positive with an offensive talent, with a, with a kid with a lot of talent like Dylan Cousins, playing him with Drake Kajula and Vinny Hinnestroza? I mean, you give know, him a break. I, honestly, I don't think – I wouldn't blame anything that's going on with Cousins on those two. I mean, he's he's making mistakes where – his one play that he constantly does is he's entering the zone and looking for a drop pass back to a defenseman. Right. Who, it, it, he's not looking – I don't even – he keeps doing it. But what I'm saying is it's not like he's he's creating things and no one can cash on. He's got his own problems going on. I don't, this and was, I don't this think was the case last year, though, Hank. I can't tell you how many times on this show I said, is it worth it to have Dylan Cousins at the NHL level to score 15 points? And yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's not. So, you know, it, what people really like is you know, his intangibles are great. He, he looks sure. like a leader. He's going to be a he's, really he's, good player. And he's, he's dropping crazy. the gloves, but do you want him to drop the gloves? I have no, no problem with that. I, I just don't want him. I you know I I don't want to see him struggle. Last night he got blown up twice. He just got absolutely lit up, and it just looks like his confidence is going in the wrong yes, direction. Send him definitely send yeah. him down. But my yeah. point was they rushed him last year. There was a point well, last year where they probably should have sent him down. I saw him live yeah. more three four times. I think like three times, uh, at least well, two or three. Yeah. And at any rate, he was not ready. I would tell Mike, he's yeah. had a great job, but there's other things in his game that he needs to work on, and they ignored it. Yeah, you know, last year they tried to they put him on the wing with Eric Stahl to be the you know veteran yeah, mentor. That you know, so you know they tried to surround him with talent. This year, you know, 
going into camp, you thought, and maybe this will transition into a little bit of a different direction, but you thought the only two centers they have are Middlestad and Cousins. And it yeah. seemed like he was guaranteed to have a job. And then all of a sudden Don Granado figures out that Tage Thompson is a center. Right. And suddenly he's the best of the bunch. Granted, right. Middlestad is hurt. But, you know, I think when Middlestad comes back, you'll have Middlestad, Rootsaline, and Thompson, Eakin, you know, Gergensons can play a little bit of center. You got you got about five guys there. You either move Cousins to the wing or you send him down to. to no, you got to send him down. Yeah. Moving him to the yeah. wing does not help him long term. And I said yeah. to Mike last year, and I said it to Eck, when you're used to scoring the way Dylan Cousins is used to scoring, the worst thing you could do is go through an NHL season and not score. And they went and they did the whole charade last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that I think this is this is that is unquestionably coming. I'm, from, I'm coming so from much. Up. Sorry, go ahead. I think that unquestionably feels like it's coming from up top, right? Like it feels like we need to sell tickets. We need to have our yeah. our future star in here. But I, I also think, think it's right. I, I also think, okay, to, like I said, I think part of the year is to develop these players. And if you can send Cousins down to play with his Team Canada World Junior teammate Krebs and have them play as a combo together and get some confidence for a month, that probably would be the, be the best thing for him. Do I think they'll do that? I mean, first of all, you're not selling tickets with this team, Hank. You know, you, you can go on, you can go on StubHub and buy tickets for a Leaf game for forty bucks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, no, nobody, nobody wants to go see this team until next year when you know maybe Owen Powers in the lineup and some of these young mm -hmm. kids are playing. So, right now, it's like I think what they're doing is they're trying to accentuate the positive with some of the guys who were in the last year of their contracts. I think mm -hmm. I think Kyle Oposo is going to be a trade deadline guy that they move. I think they're going to be so surprising to me for a couple of reasons. Kyle Oposo, you know, he lives in Buffalo year round now, yeah. and he's really been their go-to organizational guy. You know, yeah. they, they sent him to speak on their behalf and different stuff. And he's just a really solid leader. And, you know, I think last time when they wanted to Hank, sorry, interrupt you, Hank, but he's the perfect guy to move at the deadline and have come back next year. Like he's the kind of right. guy. Who's a, well, you know, he's still he's still got another year on his deal. Oh, still one more year. Okay, then I yeah. thought, then I, then I, yeah. thought he, I thought he was up after this year. No, he's got he's got one more after this. I thought there was one more too. And okay. and he's and he's only owed in real money. You know, he's 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 got a six million dollar cap. Yeah, hit, right. but, that's right. Yeah, okay. But that's there's deep. not much money left on the deal. You know, he's he's just a solid guy. Yeah. I think I, last I, time I, when I, they went into the tank, they didn't keep any Kyle Posos around. So well, man. Okay. Well, right. let, let's let's shift. Uh, I'll I'll definitely say Colin Miller. Will Butcher, yeah. Robert Hogg, yeah. you know, especially at the deadline, defenseman with some experience, especially yeah. a right a right-handed guy like Miller, even though he's not having a great year, they'll they'll shop those guys because well, one last thing, one last thing. You can't trade everybody because if you make this no. team as nondescript as they are this year, Owen Power may not come next year. Uh, yeah. I, right. think, I think he'll he'll be in the fold. He's also as of last year, I'm not sure if it's true this year. But right. his, uh, his roommate is Eric Portillo, the Sabres goaltending prospect. So, you know, there's multiple ties to Buffalo. I'm not at all worried. Oh, I'm not saying he's never going to play for the Sabres, yeah. but I can't guarantee you he's coming yeah. next year. Russ, I mean, Russ, he really, I he he just raved about him to me, Russ, recently. He just raved about Owen, um, saying that yeah, he's, he's been really great. They're absolutely real. And so is Portillo. Portillo's been great. Well, Russ, what, the, 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 rumor, the rumor around Buffalo is that power – is going to sign after Michigan's year is over with at the end of the NHL season to burn the first year of his ELC, like we've seen with other college players before. I mean, I don't think it's going to end up being a Jimmy VC situation or an Adam Fox situation where they want to, he wants to go someplace else. No, I don't think it'll be that, but his advisor may say to him, listen, you're this close to a championship. They're that far away. They'll wait a year for you. It's not, a, it's not impossible. They've already waited a year. Tom, I'm waiting two years. Another, so two years. That's it. Yeah. Well, here's the thing uh, about so. ticket sales. Like you sit there and say that Buffalo doesn't have to sell tickets. And, and you know, right now, no. after the two seasons, both of the, all the NHL had to go through, everybody needs everything. I've talked to owners and it's, 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 it's dismal. Heck, I didn't say they don't have they don't have to sell tickets. I said that they won't sell tickets with this team. No, the only, the only okay if if the border was open, then you'd have sixteen thousand Leaf fans buying the tickets. But the border, you know, you have to take a test to get back into Canada, so that's going to mitigate any Canadians coming over the border to yeah. see. The I mean, that's right and and 
you're getting crowds, Hank. What is it, eight, nine thousand about for, yeah, for seven to eight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, that, it's, it's, it's really it's it's a shame. I've been to a few games this year, and you know they they do play an up tempo system, and they yeah. try every shift. And you know, for five years, Sabres fans had to deal with teams that on any given night you didn't know if they're going to mail it in or not. Right. And right. that's not this team at all. So no, they try. You know, I, if this was if this was the first rebuild, I don't think. You would see that's the case. That's, that's the issue. But it's been it. ten years. You know, yeah, it's been it's been a decade for like one of the best sports markets tonight. Yeah, it, it's it's brutal. The one the other thing I would say about tickets, um, you know, going back to the Eichel trade, the the acquisition of Tuck. I don't know if you guys saw his press conference at all. You know, I mean, he he grew up in Syracuse and he right, was neighbors yeah. with with Tim Connolly, and he's talking about you know going to Sabers games with his dad and. Uh, you know, he's, he's naming off guys from the 05-06 team, Penaganoff, and, you know, yeah, talking, yeah. He, he really, really was excited about well, about mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah no question. He's a great and, kid. I, I and, like and, him pretty dry. And, Hank, yeah. I, I, Elliot Friedman uh, said that that was the, one of the centerpieces of them getting tough was that they actually, you know, they're, they're dying to have players who actually want to play for the yeah. Sabres. I mean, and, he was he was training here in the off season and stuff. Yeah. So he's he's had ties. And so, going, I mean, going back to July, I had talked to Sabres reporters, and they said if there was a deal with Vegas, that Tuck would be part of it because he's from Syracuse. He trained in Buffalo, and he and he would want to play for the Sabres. Do you think Jack? I mean, at the end of it, do you think Jack Eichel or Sam Reinhart or Rista Line wanted to play for the Sabres? They got hell out. I, I was I was a little surprised that Eichel asked for a trade after. Ralph Kruger's first season. Yeah. So they missed they missed yeah. the the return to play by a point, right? Right. And and that's when I collapsed for a trade. And it you know, we'll never know, but you, yeah. you wonder what would have happened. They were playing Montreal that night when the season was canceled. They were in Montreal. I know. And Montreal was the last team in. Yeah. You wonder, you know, if they won that look what it did. I'm not saying the Sabres would have gone to the yeah. Stanley Cup final like Montreal, but look what that did for Montreal. Had, had they won that had they won that game, had they won that game, Hank, they would have lost to Pittsburgh instead of Montreal. And that's fine, but you, you, you never know. That might have made Jack Eichel happy, you know. Yeah, or right. If, right. And you know, last year he they were saying that he had an abdominal injury in the 20 games that he played or 18 games that he played. And he just looked off all year. Yeah. When he did his interview, when he did his interview with Friedman, he essentially um, admitted that he he was done. Yeah. Hank, Hank, going back to going back to okay, he was hurt in training camp. Ralph Kruger, ten games into the season, was asked, I think, by Mike Harrington, "Is Jack hurt?" He said, "No." Then a week later, he said, "Oh yeah, he was hurt in training camp." So they were hiding injuries about him going back to training. Yeah, I don't trust hold on. anything that Kruger said. Kruger yeah, no, was no, no, such no, no, a disaster. Right. Right. But that created this whole charade. When he went to Philly, he was supposed to be on the trip. He's supposed to be playing. Then all of a sudden, yeah. last minute, Jack Eichel's not there. And yeah. so you have to give them you, you have to give them a little bit of a break on this because why? the other thing about that is is that Eichel is probably telling Kruger he's not hurt. Okay, because he's a hockey player. And he's going yeah. to tell people he's going to tell him he's not hurt, right? So Kruger has to go off of that, and Kruger also is not as is was more focused on everything but Jack Eichel. Like Jack Eichel, we got he's good. Like but at, the Sabers medical staff probably knows that he's hurt in training camp. Probably not. Oh, well, supposedly he was hurt while he was doing bench presses with Matt Ellis. So I think they would have known. All right, maybe, but I don't even know if any of that. I don't even know if any of that's real. I mean, right. when he talked to Friedman, he said that. You know, a part of him, his poor performance is because he had one foot out the door. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, at I the mean, end, it, clearly it was just soured. It was over. None of it went well. And you are where you are. But Look, you know, he looks – you know, I was I, – I, I watched the press conference yesterday. I will say two things. He looked more like the Jack Eichel that I remember interviewing pre-Sabers. Mm-hmm. And he does look happy. So, was some of that his fault? Sure. Was some of it the yeah. Sabers' fault? Yeah. And so oh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy for the guy that he's able to put it behind him, but the guy didn't hold it against the fans. And so I think yeah. people in Buffalo should understand he gave his best effort. This guy is yeah. a winner. He he had to go against a lot of other BS. Oh, yeah. When he was there. yeah. 
yeah, and he was he was put in a uh, in a tough situation as yeah. the guy who had to be the guy and the franchise savior. I mean, one other thing, quick on this: when when he was drafted and they brought in Kane and Leonard and O'Reilly, yeah. now you can see there were some personality things, and you know the yeah. people he was surrounded with maybe not the greatest cast for a young player, and you know it just in the supporting cast, of course, was terrible in those years. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, no, nothing. Nothing says great, great decision making than to bring in Evander Kane as the as the veteran guy to, to yeah. everybody to learn from. That that, it, that was brilliant. And I'm I'm certainly not here to blame Jack Eichel, but oh. you know he just he wasn't able to elevate the team. Yeah, he he, he just wasn't. And well, he needed, help. Stuff, he needed help, Hank. And that's yeah. that's yeah. the well, that's the problem. Didn't help him. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Okay, he was okay. good the one year, and then the next year he, he was nothing. Well, Russ, I'll come. I'll come to the defense of Jeff Skinner in this regard because we talked about this many times. He scored. Four, he was on a pace for fifty goals in a contract year, playing with Jack Eichel, and then the next year Ralph Kruger comes in and says, "Okay, you're going to be on the second line with Marcus Johansson. We're not going to play you on the line that that that, that you scored f- almost." And, and goals Sabatka, that's Sabatka on the other team. Score your goals for him. He still been able to score. I mean, there's a no, difference. I'm not saying, no, no. I'm not giving. I'm not giving Jeff Skinner a break. Are you telling me right now if you put Artemi Panarin with Jack Eichel and he gets 120 points, if you put him on a second line with I don't know Ryan Strom, he's still not going to get 100 points? Like, come on. I didn't say Jeff Skinner was Artemi Panarin, but I did no, say but he's a goal scorer. He should still be able to score. Yeah, but you goal. need to get the puck from somebody. You can't get the puck from Marcus Johansson, who isn't even Marcus a center. Johansson is not a terrible player. He's not, yeah, a he's not a center. He's not a center. No, he's not a center. That was the I mean, team. Why don't you go sure. on and get Billy Leno? He was really good as a center, too, wasn't he? Don't pick on Billy. Um, all right, so here's the first <laughs> I like Billy Leno. Billy Delphia. Everybody has a flaw in um, the character. I always call him Billy Delphia. Um, anyway, um, all right, so here's the here's the thing. Um, we need The way I brought this up, and then I, Mike took it down, but I'm going to bring it up again because – this is what matters right now. I mean, the reality is, okay, if I had said, Mike, to you or to any of I remember when I said Buffalo was going to finish in sixth, I was laughed out of the building. And you should um, be because they're going to finish in eighth. Well, right now they're in fifth. Okay? It's and, 12 um, games into the season. Well, let's, 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 Buffalo's let's, got three games at hand. So let's say Buffalo. I mean, oh Boston got three. Boston's obviously. All be losses. They're in sixth. Ottawa? Has issues. Montreal has huge issues. Um, okay, I know. would you rather be Buffalo Ottawa right now or Montreal? Always going to have issues. And and Montreal is getting Carey Price and Paul Byron back. You think they're going to still sit in last place? Here's what I would say too. They're missing. The Sabers are missing Middlestad and Olafson. Yeah. Olafson is having a terrific year, and he's yeah. really turned the corner on five on five production, and he's he's yeah. really upped his game. And you know, I think. He he's definitely a candidate. He could have, he could have 60, 65 points. And yeah. you know, I don't think they're that bad. It's it's a matter of Craig Anderson, who, as you said, is 41 and now he's hurt. Yeah. And he's so can, hurt. yeah, well, can the goaltending stand up? Probably not. But yeah. if if it if it does, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They could I think they could finish as high as 25th. To be honest. And, and here's the difference. Here's the thing. Okay, they are what Obviously, when you look at their record now, it's five and five and two. They've lost five in a row, right? So before that, they're five zero oh, and two, and that's important. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God. No, 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 wait! Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna rip them for five game losses, you got to give them credit for the start that they had. You know, I mean, the start, the start wasn't a fluke. I don't know if you guys watched those games. They out, they outplayed teams. Yeah, no, they, they outplayed out teams. Here, when I watched them play in Philly, like they played Philly, like they played the Flyers like four times in four nights, like at one point. Yeah. It was great. And when I watched those games, you know, you saw the beginnings of this. Like, and this is why I put them in six, because I saw that there is the way that Granado plays, the way that some players on that team, you, you could see the beginnings of something. I am not saying that they are not a mess or in, on everything else, that they, because they are. But the reality is, What's going to determine the difference between this Sabres and last Sabres is when they can stop the bleeding, right? Like, they have yeah. to not go. Yeah, exactly. but heck, I remember saying to you during that streak, Craig Anderson can't maintain this. He he will get hurt, and he's already hurt. Yeah. But, and that's not rocket science, Russ. I mean, that's, that's – yeah, right. 
But that's, that's the see, point of this. It's not rocket you science. Think, you know, or you have to think one of these guys that they have there, you know, is going to be able to at least keep them. But it, it, I mean, uh, Vegas hasn't been the problem this season. No, and I'll Vegas has like, lost players due to injury, and Vegas is is in just as is, 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 has, Vegas hasn't been able to handle it. So uh, Buffalo, how's Buffalo? Uh, they have the first. They have the worst goaltending in the division. They have the worst defense in the division, and they have the worst forwards in the division. Other than that, they're great. No, they they, no, they, don't, have the, they, they don't have the worst depth in the division. And here, here's what I, I think about their team. They're a bunch. If you were, if you're making this team on, you know, PlayStation or whatever, the entire team is people who are 80 overall. Yeah. There's no no awful players on this. Right. Right. There's just no great players either. Right. Hey, they're ready to take their players given an opportunity, given opportunity. Some players can be pretty good. Let me make a point. They had like like the 2006 and 2007 Sabers, who they always said they have three second lines. They don't have a number one line. They have three. Well, I, I don't. Lines. I don't agree with that. Briere scored like a hundred points. That year. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was a second liner. That was what was said. And this team, they have four fourth lines. No, they don't. no I, I I disagree with that too. I mean, the the, the Thompson. Asplund and Olafson line. That's that's a that's a playing like a second line, and it's certainly a quality third line. Yeah, and, and I think most of the players on their team, if you want to say they're all third liners, I could definitely get on board with that. Hey Amen. I'm, I'm with you. Can, but, can we talk about yeah, the only thing? Just one one quick thing on the roster build too. In in years past, they had a team full of slugs who were just the slowest and most boring players to watch. You had Jimmy VC and everyone else, whatever. Everyone on this team can skate now, and it, it's yeah. fun to watch. They're yeah. they're fast, so that's a difference matters. too. In, in the NHL right now, speed is speed matters. I mean, speed is a big. Speed's why Montreal goes to where they go to last year. Speed's why Vegas goes to where they go to in their rookie year. It's like this whole mm-hmm. speed does matter, and that's where this. I mean, it's listen to say they have four fourth liners is outrageous. There's no there's no there's no way they have four fourth lines. Well, here, here's four, the other four, thing about goaltending. Frank Anderson is my twenty first. He's ranked 21st in the league. Where do you think they stand with team goaltending? It's not good. Goaltending is not good. I haven't seen it as a problem this year, to be completely honest. There's been there's been some breakdowns, and then right. missing Olafson and and Middlestat, there's they just have no one to score. Okay. You know what I mean? When you take him yeah. out of the lineup, you're counting on yeah. Tage Thompson, and, and you know who's been good, but oh. it's just. You know, when Tuck, gonna get Tuck, there, Tuck, when Tuck gets in there, that's going to change things. It will, and he'll be good. But Gergensen's and El Poso were, I think they have five points each in the first five games. You know, that's can not going to hold up. <laughs> Gergensen right, right. isn't an 80 point player. Right, right. Can we talk about the Pacific Division now? Yes, we can. But I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hank, you can stay with us if you'd like. We'd love to have you on and keep your. I think you guys will, will do better. I, I don't have a lot of insight to offer about that. But. Mike, they're going to kill me. Hank, they're going to kill me if you leave. Um, but that's leave, leave, Hank, leave. I need somebody who has some rational thinking around it. Anyway, um, all right. You guys are diehards. You stay up late to watch those games. I can't, oh, man. I can't make it, yeah, man. That's because we have no life. Definitely try. <laughs> <laughs> not right. I can't say that for myself. Thank After you. 50, it gets a lot harder. Um, <laughs> all right. Have, thanks, a, have a great day, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Great job. That's Hank Welling. You got to read him. Follow him on Twitter. He's uh, just, what are you on Twitter, Hank, by the way? Uh, HB on HB at HB on HB. HB on HB. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. HB on HB. Of, of all the Sabres writers we've ever had, you know, we've had some pretty good ones. I'll put Hank right there. And of all the Sabres writers out there right now, like I put you and Joe Yurton into class by, by yourself. I really, I, oh, I'm, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm completely just honored and thrilled that you're on our team. So thanks. Hank. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, guys. Take Bye. care. Man. Bye. Bye. All right, that would be that's Hank and uh, gosh, man, wow. Ooh, we lost. Where'd, where'd, where'd Russ go? I don't know. <laughs> All right, Russ will be back. Yeah. Mike, you are really you really woke up on the wrong side of the bed today, my friend. No, 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 because I'm trying to. I was trying to get my point across here. It's like I mean, papers suck. We know it. That's what you're. Yeah, playing. exactly. So that you know, like, okay, stop saying it. Stop, but, but you're just you're, you're exaggerating. Two, two, no, I'm not, yes, I, credit. You guys say I exaggerate one way. You're definitely going the other way. I'm not exaggerating. That's the point. The point four is fourth lines, four third lines, four third lines. I'll take four fourth lines. Well, I mean, honestly, their third line is a fourth line. Their fourth line is is an AHL line. I mean, they have, in my opinion, they have one line that's 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 like um, middle of the road, bottom level second line. 
Two with, every, with, every, with everybody healthy, when when Middlestad is back with Olsen, that Pike might get there. Right, but, but but he's not there right now, and neither and right now none of those guys are in the lineup. So that's why I said, you know, they're piecing together. You know, a Drake Kajula, John Hayden, Hinestroza. Those guys are third and fourth liners, and they'll be the third worst team in the league. That's a big That's a big plus for them. I still think we'll they're going to finish thirty second, but anyway, it's very possible. But as of now, they're not. And all right, so let's move. Let's and, and speaking of as of now, they're not. Let's move to the Pacific Division, which I wrote about today. Right. And, See, this is consistent because as of right now, the Sabers are five hundred, and I think they're the worst team in the league or second worst to Arizona. As of now, Pacific Division. Go ahead. The Pacific Division. When I wrote my when I, when we talked, the other thing I got laughed out of the room about. And I'm not looking. And you know, I have X Crystal Puck, which I peer into. X Crystal Puck, if you can see it here, it says X Crystal Puck. Sent me by a Canadian, Canadian user. This is when I peer into this, I can tell exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So when I peered into that, you know, and saw a big Mangione on there, in there, um, I am um, completely Mangifiani. Sorry, Mangifiani. Right. <laughs> But I saw not Anthony Mangione. No, I didn't think Chuck Mangione played for Calgary. I thought I, it, um, Anthony Mangione, not Anthony Mangione. Anyway, I get said his, that I really felt like this division was going to be the better of the two divisions out west, and I thought that they were going to be better than everybody thought they are. And as of now, of course, they are. Now it's early again, but. Yeah. What we have what we have to ask ourselves is kind of what Kevin Kevin wrote about today, which is are any of these teams for real? Are we seeing so no. Edmonton's nine and one? All right. They're not for real. I'm sorry. They're for real. They're not they're for real. They're hundred percent for real. They're a plus what? 17 goal differential. Mike's wrong. They're for until, real. Okay. Until they get a goalie, they are not for real. Right, right now, Dry McDavid, like I like I said in our group text, they're playing at Mach 2. They're unbelievable. That doesn't last. We've seen it year after year after year. They will slow down. As you know, I, like I said to Russ, I think the West is playing like the, the NHL season normally is, where like October is wide open and offensive. And in the East, it hasn't been like that as much. The, this is gonna slow down. And 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 you know, especially like when they play Calgary and and, and Daryl Sutter beats on McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, that'll slow them down. Their defense is average and their goaltending is pathetic. So no, they're not for real. They're not a team. Again, it's like the three, it's like the four fourth line. Their 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 defense is is pathetic. Good. It's good. I like I, I okay. I like Evan Bouchard. Their defense is the best defense they've had, Mike. Yeah, but I, okay. I like Evan Bouchard. I love Darnell Nurse. He's really good. Duncan Keith is completely over the hill but he's, he's done he's done well he's though i mean very good and he's brought he's brought a lot of character to the defense and he's also helped a lot of the younger defensemen so far things. he's been pretty good for them i can't deny that yeah, yeah. no i, I the, is not pathetic their goaltending is mediocre I, goal, I, there's a difference between mediocre and pathetic their I, goaltending I, is not I, pathetic i mean it's just not they are winning at koskinen I, right, right. Because they're scoring like crazy. They got 45 goals. They're averaging four and a half. Okay. If they average four and a half goals a game for the entire season, they'll win the Stanley Cup. Are they going to average four and a half goals? Not a friggin' chance. Given yeah, up I just don't think Costin will be there at the end, but everything else. Calgary, the only team in the division that's given up less goals than them. Like 13 goals against is 2.80. That's not. That, that's no, not it'll get better. They'll get a goalie. I'm not even worried about that. Well, they, and and Russ, when they do, if they get Mark Andre Fleury, or if they get get Kudobin, or they get in a goal a goalie that's out there, then I will reevaluate where the Oilers are. But right now, with their defense where it is, with their goal and with them scoring like in buckets, I I'm sorry, that's not going to last. So I think they're not. I think Calgary is more for real than Edmonton is. Calgary's definitely for real as well. I don't. You don't think Calgary's real? I, I, I think don't think they're more for real than Edmonton. I'm okay, answering. yeah, but I think they're both for real. I think that they're. I both don't know if Calgary's for real. I don't know if they can keep this up all year. This is a style of play that beats on your body, and I don't yeah, know if they're going to be able point. to keep that up. All I'll give year. you that. I'll give you that. That's a great point. I mean, and, and you know, and and Sutter definitely is not easy to play for. You know, and he, no. and he we've seen that we we saw Kings teams wear down in the past, but. When Anthony wrote in our chat group chat today that they, they this team does remind him of some of those Kings teams, I do agree. Sure. And and where that what what 
his teams do better than any other team in the NHL. And I saw this in the last couple of games I've been watching because I've been watching them really closely because I'm, I want to see before I state like something like the Pacific division is I really want to make sure that I can say it. And the thing about Calgary, besides the fact that Markstrom has four shutouts and is just playing out of his friggin' mind and, and the fact that they have, you know, go, scoring all over the place up front and they're scoring like, I mean, they're scoring like crazy and they've got some stars and they're, and you know, I'm not going to get into my guy who's getting 14 minutes a game, but still is still is in the top. It still is in the top 50 score. It's tough getting in the top 20 of that. He's number 50 in the top right 50 now, 14 like. minutes a game. So, but, but beyond that, you know, what they do really well, what Sutter teams did with the Kings are really well. And I know I sat with next to you, Russ, in the press box in LA for two Stanley cups. And we talked about this at the time. They're get their set plays to get out of their own end are phenomenal. Like they just, they get out of their own zone. The Kings get out of their own zone so quickly. Their transition out of their own zone. And the, and the way that they know where, where to be, like there is no like, I got the puck. Am I going to pass it? I'm going to do this. Like there's nobody like just floating through. They just know what to do. They have four or five things that they do and they do it to perfection. Now, okay. Look, look, look. I, I will say this. I think teams were surprised out of the gate yep. when they were beaten on them and beating them on the four check. I don't think that's going to happen all season. I don't. Right. right. Now, no, okay. Not like this. I don't think they're, gonna, I don't think they're a 773 team. You go, you go to the second level here and I was going to bring this up yesterday. Anaheim is six, four and three right now. And Russ, a guy that they were trying to trade in the off season has got points in 11 consecutive games, Troy Terry. I was like saying, wow, if anybody could get Troy Terry, you know, at, at his low yeah. value. Wow. I mean, okay. This is, okay. and John, they're, they're six, four and three with his usual act, John Gibson playing out of his mind. He was yeah. first star or first or second star of the week. This, I think we were third star because dry was first star. Okay. Again, we have a lot of gold though. We 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 know what's going to happen because it happens every year with Gibson. He either gets hurt or he gets worn down because he's facing too many shots. I you know the, the Anaheim's in a rebuild. They got a lot of good young guys, Russ. But this isn't for real. Well, I mean, look, Terry. There was no doubt that Terry would develop better than what he did last year. But yeah. even I was wondering. Hmm. He had seven goals last year in a shortened season. He's already beaten that. So right. Is this just like a year that it clicks for him? I, you know, he. I don't think he's gonna. It's a contract. More than a twenty goal scorer in the NHL. It's a contract year though, so he's making. Yeah, a I don't think he'll be more than a twenty goal guy in the NHL anyhow. But this has clicked for him. Gibson is Gibson, and they do have a lot of young players. I yeah. still don't think it will hold out for them because I still don't think they have enough scoring down line. But we'll see. And Eck, we had we had Sheng Peng on our uh, on our. Uh, uh, off the post show on Sunday, right. we were we were talking about you know San I mean San Jose six four and one they're a little they're surprising. I think they're the highest of anybody on this panel. You're right. I I, I don't think their goaltending is good. Uh, James Reimer is their number one right now. That tells you their goaltending is not good. Um and but the thing that we brought up and the thing that that, that Shang uh, revealed to us is the plan with Evander Kane, whose suspension is up at the end of the month. They may pay, pay him just to not be there. They may pay right. him to go away. They, they may tell him to go to Santa, the, the Barracudas in the AHL, and if he doesn't report, they may just pay him to put him on suspension and pay him to go away and maybe buy him out at the end of the year. Can you pay him without pay if he doesn't report? Yeah. No, no, no. Not without pay. No, they'll pay him. They'll pay him. I mean, at, what, at what point can – I mean, if a guy's re refusing to do his job, how – Well, it doesn't matter. First of all, he would have to clear waivers to go to the AHL. So they could ask him to go on a conditioning stint or something like that. But if he, do, he refuses to do that, then they would just suspend him. But I don't think they can suspend him without pay. You think he clears waivers? No. Well, yeah, no. yeah, oh, yes. Well, no, yes. He'll clear waivers. Nobody's taking him. Yeah, with three years left, it's $7 million for sure. Nobody's but, touching that. But right now, right now – the, the Sharks are playing basically because Kane is not there. And they, I think a lot of people feel ebullient that, the, you know, okay, we're done with this jerk. So now we can get back to playing hockey. And Carlson has been Carlson, at least for the early part of the season. But their goaltending is not good. They got a lot of age on defense. And I don't know if they can score enough. So this is not for real for them either. I, okay, as far I think as it's Anaheim, more for real than, than Anaheim because yeah. I yes. do trust – the guys that San Jose has filled in into key yeah. spots, free yeah. agents that they've signed from Russia, from college, from all these other places. Uh, 
So I do think they're more for real than Anaheim. I will say that. Yes. I think, and I think San, San Jose and Anaheim, even, even if they end up towards the like two of the three bottom teams or whatever. When you look at the, you know, the two bottom teams in the in the central being Chicago and Arizona, I, I take Anaheim and San Jose over that. You know, like it's like they're they are there's no question that they are I mean the the best they could hope for would be like a five hundred type season for either of these teams. Mm-hmm. Which would be really something, and they, you know, right now they're just a little bit over five hundred. Yeah. Anaheim's getting a little. No, you're lucky. right about that. Yeah, I mean, Anaheim's getting a little lucky. I mean, they have given up thirty-seven goals, and they, uh, and you know, although you know, you're right in what you're saying about the goaltending, they've gotten key goaltending, especially key momentum goaltending at key time, key saves at big times. They are giving up goals, but they're scoring them too. So it's like, yeah. So basically, but, well, then let's go to LA. Who we all well, I was, I was, let me. I was just to say this. Mm-hmm. Of the four top teams in the division, I think all of them are overachieving right now. Uh, I I think I, I think L.A. is overachieving in the sense that with the injuries that yeah. they've had, yeah. they should probably be worse. But they're playing – I mean, last night – I have to – an underlying story here is look at Jonathan Quick's stats. He's, 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 he's only 500 record, but he's got a 226 goals against and a 924 save percentage, and he looked like vintage Jonathan Quick Until yesterday. So he gets hurt. But yes, he I was know, very but they do they do have Peterson and Peterson's yeah. a good well, Peterson's really good. If they get the chance, it, this is another possible Edmonton move, you know, like Jonathan Quick. It's like and it's an, it's not like you know yeah, for a short time it is. could be. Yeah. You know, it depends how healthy it is, it depends where LA is in the whole scheme of things. If LA is in the playoff run, that's not gonna happen. But I mean these are they're in the same division. But I think that there's you know, LA is definitely, I think. I think they're for real just based on the fact that they're six, five, and one with all the injuries they've had. I mean, the fact that they they're able yeah. to do that is yeah. Arvid, Arvidsson's not healthy. I know. I know. Drew Dowdy was the best defenseman in the league when he went down. Yeah, he was. It was. And and they they and Kopitar is having an unbelievable season. I mean he has had a resurgence. I agree with that. Well it's crazy. It, you know, we all we all criticized the the signing of Dano, but basically, yeah. what what the what Dano has done, bringing in Dano has done, is now he's the checking center, and now it frees up Kopitar to be offensive. That's true. And that one two punch they played against, you know, Matthews and Tavares, who've been red hot, and Dano is like kryptonite against the Leafs as he was last year in the first round against Matthews, and 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 Co- and Kopitar. Uh, against Tavares, they shut they shut the Leafs down. They, they played a really good road game and they won five to one. So I, you know, I think they're a decent team. The yeah. thing about the Kings is, and this is where they could prove me wrong for this year because they are playing great without Doughty. Uh, they kept telling me from the inside that they're going to be pushing the pace, pushing the pace. Well, they finally are pushing the pace, and they had a couple plays where they went around Leafs, the Leafs, but also they outbattled the Leafs a lot, and so. Can they keep that up all year? I don't know because yeah. without Byfield in there, he would have been one of those guys battling. I yeah. don't know if they have the horses to do it. They have the work ethic and they have the speed now, but I still don't think they have all the pieces. Now, we talked about Vegas yesterday. Well, so one more thing about the Kings, then yeah, we'll leave yeah. Vegas. I just wanted to bring one more thing in. Um, last night, watching them against Toronto, when you get to see a chance, you get to see a, you know these interdivisional teams, you know, like these teams that like this, is, and you see that the Kings are fifth place in this division. And you know they're struggling with injuries, and yet they still played with Toronto, who is like one of the best teams in the East. Well, I mean, I, I, this, I, tells you, this tells you that this division has something going on. In my no, opinion. it did no. Actually, what it tells you is, like I just said, Kopitar and 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 Dano matching up against Matthews and Tavares and shutting them down. And when you do that, you shut down the Leafs. It's that core group. That core group doesn't score. The Leafs are not going to win. Yeah, Can't I know. I know. And, and the Leafs feel a little bit like Edmonton two years ago, right now, to me, like the way they're playing. But I think that they have that potential. But they just they are easily shut down. They don't have the depth that the Oilers have. So it's like really I, I, thing. there is another factor. Their schedule has been ridiculously easy. Coyotes, okay. Sharks, Golden Knights with two. That's hard. Coyotes, Ducks, Ducks, then Golden Knights again. Well, you know. The, the Golden Knights haven't been good this season. Without no. without Stone and Pacioretty. The yeah. Wild, the Predators, the Stars, then the Blues. A couple games with the Blues. They did lose to the Jets, the Canadians, the Sabres. It hasn't been the hardest of schedules not to start. Not the easiest, though, either. I mean, that's like – Oh, that's it's been one of the easier ones, I think. I mean, Anaheim has been good, like we said. So, it's like, you, you know, you sit there and you say – but okay, but we've been good because they're playing LA a lot too. Because LA, it's all to say. I mean, obviously, we put that. That's tough to say. 
We talked about Vegas yesterday, so probably don't want to waste too much time well, on it. I think that we, the only thing I want to say about them in making the case for this division is that's the team that everybody said was the best team in this division. That's yeah. the team that everybody said, you know, not me, but everybody said, you know, but, was, was But they're devastated by injuries. And they are devastated by injuries, no question about it. They also traded for Jack Eichel, which makes them a better team when he comes back. If the, if, if they, that what was that? When will that be? I don't know, but if they if they get if if they can make the playoffs, well, that's the key now. See, when the season yeah. started, we right. all guaranteed them in the playoffs. Now right. it's if they make the playoffs, right? And that that's a big deal. So I think that's that a will, big deal. I agree. They're gonna have to figure out some cap things if they if they get everybody back too. But you know, if they do get everybody back, I mean, like I said in, earlier, you know, Vegas last year is probably a Stanley Cup finalist if you put Eichel into that lineup. You know, so it's like there's no two ways about that, right? I mean, that they beat Montreal with Eichel. I mean, the, what where they fall apart against Montreal last year is they they don't have a center to play against them. So, you know, man, you put Eichel in that lineup, they're a Stanley Cup finalist. Do they beat Tampa? Probably not, but they're still pretty darn good. And um, you know, and then we go to Vancouver, who is, uh, you know, who was my my surprise team. You know, and and I put them in first, they're in seventh. So I'll sit there and say how wrong I was about that right now for sure. But I still, when you watch Vancouver play. You know, Jack Hughes might be the best defense. Jack Hughes is outperforming Kale McCarr right now. Um, yeah, and that's he's, like, he may be the best defenseman. Might be the best defenseman in the NHL. Um, Elias Pettersson has, you forget that he came back from so many different kinds of injuries because of the way everything everything's happened with the pandemic. He's never been able to get into a groove. And the thing about him that was so amazing is not just is he a great passer and not just is he smooth as silk, but he actually has a really hell of a shot. And that shot is finally coming back after all the injuries. You can see it. Like, you can see that shot has returned to form. They're, they've also faced a lot of injuries. They're on the verge of something big too. And Demko is now starting to get recognition as you know a possible goaltender for Team Canada. I, I think I think I think Vancouver is better than they're playing right now. But like I said, I think the top four in this division are way overplaying what what they are. And I think the the only team in this division that is probably where they should be is Seattle. Yeah, but the one thing about Vancouver. Yeah. They're actually at a zero differential. If they were actually scoring goals like they could, yeah. they would be much better because this is a they're better defensively than That's we it. probably all thought they would be, and yeah. they're not scoring, which is you wouldn't think that would be a problem with them. Which, yeah, and I said, and you can see it that's starting to turn around the last couple of games. It could turn around for sure. And Peterson, you know, he'll get it. Elias Peterson will get it. We'll get that together. They will get healthy. They will get guys back, and they will also be a force. So those are seven teams right there that we talked about. You know, and besides Seattle, who is definitely they're not all going to be a force. They're not all going to be a force, right? Um, I think Anaheim and San Jose will fall back to earth. I really do, but I and I, and, you know, I think that eventually happen. But I don't think I think that to sit back and say that this division is the weakest division in hockey is, is just not possible. It probably isn't the weakest. I I will agree. Yeah, I, 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 I still believe it is the weakest. What I mean, Mike doesn't want to what Mike doesn't want to believe is. If the Bruins don't do well, and let's say Rask is just like mediocre yeah. after his hip surgery, the Atlantic doesn't look as good as it as it did on yeah. paper. Detroit, well, I mean, Russ. Okay, Detroit is much better than I I expected them to be. So that uh, I think yeah. the top th the top three in the Atlantic are 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 really good. Uh, I think Boston is still to be determined. Any team with that 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 line is good. So. But you know whether they make the playoffs or they or or both wild cards come from the Metro, we'll see. I think Detroit is much better. I think Ottawa is about as what do we expected. There's talent there, but it's sort of diffused. Montreal is the thing that's really hurting the Atlantic right now because Montreal yes. is a is a boat anchor train wreck, eighteen wheeler going off the side of the cliff. But 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 Carey Price is coming back, and that means they could be a 500 team or better. I love how Mike has to trumpet Montreal now. This is great. Yeah, no, no, who saw this turnaround on yeah, the show? Yeah, I I didn't. I'm not trumpeting that train rack. I'm just saying that, that, you know, right now, I mean, you have to say that if the, if Carey Price comes back and he's Carey Price, then they're, they're, they're at least a decent team. Toronto has won five games in a row. Not anymore. Well, not anymore, right. But they are they are a minus four goal differential. Yeah. They are a 577 win percentage. In the metro, that their minus, minus goal goal differential, minus four goal differential with their goaltender playing fantastic. I know. Yeah, he's overplayed. That, that, There's no question. If, if you were to put that, that that winning percentage of 577 into the metro division, they're eighth place. Yeah. I mean, the reality is that they are not a good team right now. They're getting better. They're they're they they've, they've won a bunch of games. They're not a they great have. team. They're a good team. They're a good team. 
Right. They're they're not a powerhouse. They're not a great team. Tampa is also not a powerhouse right now either. I mean, they're no, they're, they're not. They're better. They're not compared to Tampa. The one team that is a powerhouse is Florida for sure. And I want to talk a little bit before we go about the ending of that game, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the most crazy games I've watched in a long time. Um, Florida, who hadn't lost in regulation, and just you know, eventually you know they're going to lose in regulation. And Shesterkin, you know, despite basically out shooting the Rangers three to one in the game in a crazy like ridiculousness. I mean, they got a couple of really nice goals. They get up, they get up four nothing, and Shesterkin standing on his freaking head because Florida's just. I mean, I you know, I really think sometimes I, I couldn't I couldn't believe the shots on goal in that game forty five to eighteen. It was not that's three times. So it's like you know, think about that. That's like three times the shots. And and there were quality shots too. Like Shostakin was making really really good saves. He was making some amazing saves until until like the last few minutes. And then Florida finds a way to score like three goals in like two minutes. Well, I'll tell and, you part of the reason for that. Part yeah, of the reason yeah. is yes, Florida. It is hard to hold them back for a whole game. Yeah. And the Rangers do have trouble locking down leads. They do. Yeah. And they haven't that. figured and, and out the really right combination that. of players for that yeah. yet. It's really interesting that when they name three stars after the game. Shesterkin doesn't come out. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you saw that or not. But, no, um, but it doesn't shock me. He probably wasn't happy. He didn't yeah. look happy after the third goal. He was right. mad at himself. I could tell. But honestly, the third goal wasn't his fault either. Like no, they, but he was mad. Still didn't matter. I think he was mad. He was also exhausted. I mean, I think he was literally. Yeah, he probably like, was exhausted. I think he was literally like collapsing into that in that locker room because he really that last. I mean, because even with thirty seconds left. You had it in my mind. I'm thinking Florida's going to tie this game. Like it felt like they were going to tie. It that felt game. like they could, you know. And, and and they don't. But you know, what's interesting to me about when you think about what is how whether, whether Florida's for real or not, you sometimes get you sometimes learn more about a team out of a loss than you do a win. And I felt like I kind of learned more out of Florida last night out of the loss. Like they, yeah, I, I think there's something to be said. You know? Florida is that good, and yeah. they're really not out of any game. I mean, if you think about like like the Keandre Miller goal, like that's just a great personal effort. Yeah, that's. But you know, Florida's hard to play against now. And you know what's funny? We don't know what'll happen until the playoffs. Yeah, but I can't fire Andrew Burnett. They're just as good with them. Yeah, I, I know they are. They look, they look the same. They look absolutely the same to me. They and and last night, when you when you when you're like 10 0 and one, you're in New York. You're you played just a couple nights ago against Carolina in a game that was a big showdown. You have a you're on a beginning of a road trip. They play in New Jersey tonight. It's like it would have been very easy last night to just like lose that game four to one. Or I think the old Panthers would have. Yeah, they would have. But the fact that that team was not willing to was willing to try to get back in that game like the way they were. I mean they. I mean, Duclair is a force. I mean, they. Yeah. And Barkov was a game time decision. I know. And Huberto, I mean, the one goal Huberto got was phenomenal. Huberto's definitely hit another level. There's no yeah, question about that. Yes. He He's left. He definitely, to me, is a Canadian. Um, and Ekblad being healthy is probably the most important thing on that team, to be honest. Yeah. Because when he's healthy, you have to account for him in a game. You're not going to challenge his side that much. You don't want to, you know what I mean? It, it changes the way you game yeah. plan against them. I do agree, and I, I think, and I, it was it was just one of those wow type games. And the other thing I wanted to mention about that game because I watched it, you know, on um, on ESPN Plus or what have you. Uh, I liked Lundqvist in the in between periods. I thought, yeah, Lundqvist. You mean on MSG? Yeah, oh, MSG. Sorry, MSG. Yeah, yeah, MSG. Lundqvist is good. He and see, he and Valaket have a very good chemistry because one was backing up the other. Yeah, they yeah. were both good guys in the room. But the, what this shows you is, and the reason why he and Valaket are this good is because Lundqvist was always very supportive to the backup goaltenders he had. He wasn't right. one of those divas. Right. He wasn't one of those guys that wouldn't help them or answer questions. He was always a great teammate, and, and that's that's where that comes from. Did you hear them talking about the controversial goal and, whether, and Lundqvist, like basically Lundqvist saying, you know, because there was a goal where um, that was I didn't off. hear about that. Okay, so there was a goal that was called off, right, I guess, because on goal interference on, on, against Spencer Knight, like, and um, – Basically, there was somebody in the crease, and you know, and Valaket said, "I don't know if that was goalie interference." And Lundqvist was like, "That's 100% goalie interference. There's no question. Like he couldn't get across to it." Valaket, because and Lundqvist was mad at Spencer Knight for just like kind of looking up and at the referee and saying, "Well, you know, like he's like Lundqvist is like, I break my stick across the across the crossbar if that's not an interference." He said, and he would, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll tell you that right now. And Valaket's like, "Yeah, I don't doubt that you would have." It was just really a cool interchange, you know, between the two of them. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah, by no, they're they're good together. They are. You see, I think that's going to be 
I think that's going to be a fun thing to watch. As we and Valakera, honestly, is one of the best in the business. He he yeah. really not only does he know goaltending, but he really can break down the game very well. I mean, I've had him on other shows, and I've been very impressed with him. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's very cool. Um, all right, what else? Do you have anything else, guys? Say, you guys, good. No, right, I think cool. we covered it. Cool, cool, fun show tonight. Some interesting games. Um, you know, the battle for the bottom of the Atlantic and Ottawa and Boston going against each other. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know, he's seriously pushing that now. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but you know, I mean, come on. Um, anyway, it's over. Seattle. I'll tell you what the most interesting game is. Yeah, it'll be Carolina Tampa because yeah. We want to see. I want to see now if Carolina keeps it going. Yeah. I also don't think they've made a decision on Seth Jarvis yet. Yeah. Interesting. And I want to see what the decision they should set, send him back. They have such a stacked team. There is no reason to keep that kid there. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And we would have. And I also want to. I also think. I don't know. If I look into this crystal ball, and I, after all I just said about after the crystal puck, after all I just said about the Panthers, I think New Jersey's winning tonight. Um, and I think that just because the third game in four nights, tough, you know. Brodsky's uh, hurt, so. Tough yeah, I don't know. Tough battle. Tough battle last night where Florida had to put out a lot of energy in that game. They put out a ton of energy in that game. Well, if Dougie Hamilton plays tonight, you yeah. can make an argument. If he doesn't play, I still think Florida's going to win. I'm going to go with my upset of the night will be New Jersey or Florida. We'll yeah, I don't think it's an upset if Hamilton plays because they'll have a boost. Yeah, they will for sure. Don't um, yeah, that's it. Remember, folks, without the buzz, it's just hockey. We will be back tomorrow with more Buffalo love. <laughs>